0: but i know that looking up into the sky has no consequences like if i look at a cumulonimbus cloud right now i don't think anything will happen to me but now i look at it and i look a bit too hard and you i i have to avert my eyes i'm like i just To Starring Cupid, an online outlet for my fictional ships and my fictional submarines. I am your dutiful but foolish host, Zama.X, nothing more, nothing less, from the East, not the West, Scooby-Doo box set. Salutations, everybody, if you are listening to this on the very same day. Happy, happy Halloween to all you ghouls and girls and gays out there um you know if you've been here long enough you know that this day huge for me absolutely my personal christmas it's the costumes it's chocolate it's it's a lot of nerdy business just understanding what people are dressed as or oh my goodness now that i'm a full tiktok person or maybe maybe this is exactly what it was like last year but i feel like it's a bit more tiktok is filled with people using audios to like match the person that they dressed up as so now it's like full skits it's full production it's giving it's giving festive creepy spooky festive and that right there is my vibe this is everything that i love about halloween in a country where. You technically aren't really celebrating it and you technically aren't even getting sweets for it But this is good enough for me. My online community is making this a very fun filled day for me Unfortunately Also well known by anyone that is a fan of the show. I am a massive coward just huge cannot endure any kind of scary material out there just I do not wish to see it or even hear it sometimes I have what people would call a overactive imagination and it makes my dreams very vivid to a point that I can suffer if the subject matter is not as we all we're all used to dreams being like weird or like oh my goodness what was that if my subject matter even borderline touches scary material, it's over for me. The last thing my brain needs is nightmare inspiration from these good horror movies or, or shows or things like that. Actually even slightly bad horror movies are a bit too much because then my brain will fill in the gaps. and yeah I, I i wish i was better i wish i was stronger because i know that there's lots of cinematic and masterpieces that i'm missing out on just because they fall under this genre of horror and i i feel left out every other year or so when you're on movie twitter and you see people are super excited for the latest mike flanagan show that he, that he's put out on netflix and stuff like it's right there it's accessible to me i can get in on the fun but the problem is because i know for a fact it is good i hear your guys's reviews i see how you guys talk about it i know that the man is doing good work but because of that good work i simply cannot view it i will not i will not give myself that inspiration but I believe you guys I'll take your word for it I'll never I'll never dispute what you guys are saying despite my flaws I still want to be a good podcast host cuz what am I if I'm not a good podcast host that puts the viewers ahead of all of my fears and all of my issues so I wanted to do something for you guys um, for this special season and I sacrificed my sanity to to do this for you please so please appreciate it when this idea this this idea first came to mind looking for a subject to base the spooky special on i had thought about this way early in the beginning of the month i noticed that it's been a long time since i've released um there are promises that i'd made I needed to fill the gap but also it's been a very long time since we had a spooky special but yes when this was at the top of my mind it was a few weeks after the writers guild association strike had officially ended as we know um they finally got a contract that they agree with a lot of writers are back at work now a lot of talk shows are back on air you know everything the fight is over at least on their side and i'm very happy for them um, i'm sure the the film twitter community is very happy for them as well but because this happened i thought okay if the if the production companies can come to an agreement for the writers then surely the sex strike is gonna be over soon as well i thought okay you know they'll get the ball rolling clearly they're they're a little bit more reasonable now they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna figure this thing out i said that weeks ago in my head (laughs) hey clearly i i was my head was in the clouds i underestimated the greed that the production companies were still holding on to but apparently now there's also drama amongst like the side leadership like people are calling for for people to step down, uh, it's being apparently being dragged out, and it's hard to decipher what is actually coming from the members of the union and what's actually coming from people that are just, oh well, now that we have the writers, we want to get back to work completely. So please shut up and take whatever we have to give you. And the SAG, not to say that the SAG um um conditions were more important than the writers, I. In term, especially in terms of the AI clause there was a lot at stake for for the SAG union because they were proposing just like digitally copying actors even background actors and just using that imagery for the rest for as long as they actually wanted to there was no limit set in place so I'm hoping that it's it's not things like that that are holding up the contract because then Helang, one brothers and co get it together. Like you understand why this is an unreasonable, inhumane clause to try and fight for. Just, you know, give it up. Give SAG what they want. Move on. But again, I don't know what's happening. We not I don't at this point I don't think any of us know what's happening. Kunig So I'm I'm always hoping for the best for them. I always hope that everybody can get what they want so this episode is trying to like toe that line where i'm not offending any of this the people striking especially because i'm looking at older movies people have seemed to not care a damn to talk about promote um newer movies and i'm not talking about e old twitter user who's just like oh i went to watch this i'm gonna go put it in a letterbox like they are actual big accounts Working alongside these production companies to promote these new films. Again, I cannot speak on those people. I i am just here on my little show. And I think that the least I can do is cover movies that are older. And hope that it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. My original promise about covering more local content is still to come. That is not something I just said And I'm not going to follow through on (coughs) but it will be here soon. I think by next week, I'm not, I'm trying my hardest not to speak about what I will cover because even any mention of it will be an immediate spoiler. Just know that next week it is coming. Please, please believe me. Please hold on because I'm very excited about it. We're just getting a little spooky for today, you know, Tis the season I thought I should fill in. <laughs> I should fill in the appropriate material. And the appropriate appropriate material that we are looking at today are the lovely, the scary, the spooky, Adelaide and Gabe Wilson as they battle Red and Abraham in the 2019 horrific fil- film called us literally just us you you know you know us now again this is a separate disclaimer when this idea came to me a lot of celebrities hadn't well even the 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 major conflict i, I hate calling it a conflict because i don't think one side hurting other people is a conflict but the major events in in palestine and israel hadn't happened yet when i thought about this and then when i considered which couple to cover celebrities hadn't reached the point where they were commenting on what's happening at the time so there was no one in my mind that i kind of was ugh about at the time that i started this unfortunately now There are a couple, there are a few people that I'm just, oof, I will never look at them the same again. Just as a disclaimer, even though I don't even think I have to say this, but this host and this podcast are pro-Palestine completely. Ten toes down any other day before October even happened, this has always been a pro-Palestinian person and podcast. It's... I, I thought it was common sense, honestly. Because besides my basic humanity, like the innate humanity that I think lives within all of us, I'm also from South Africa. Like, I was literally born five years after our apartheid ended officially. All of those things in mind there was no way there was no way i was going to support anything even remotely similar or operating like an apartheid state common sense basic humanity things that i thought we all had but unfortunately it's not that common so for everyone that is upset about where jordan peele seems to stand on the matter please understand that I am upset too, and I will give him his business a little later in the show, but for now, we tackle the fictional scary stuff, we tackle the tethering to the other, here are the Wilsons versus the other Wilsons? I must also say, for some reason I didn't mention in the beginning, I'm still without a functioning laptop. So if you hear papers, wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you hear papers shuffling about, just understand that I'm trying to get through my notes so that I don't forget anything that I wanted to say and also that I don't say anything silly like (laughs) papers. Ah, back to the topic at hand. This movie is directed and written by Jordan Peele in 2019. Peele is most famous for his work on Key and Peele, then there's also his most critical work with Get Out and most recently, Nope. He's even got an Oscar for writing, um, I think it was Best Original Screenplay for Get Out. Because it's not a tab. Yeah, that, that's what his Oscar was for. So, you know, Jordan Peele, Monkey Pope Productions, big, big, big names, big, big people. Because of this big, big name and big, big influence, it is part of the reason why it was so disappointing to see Peele's name amongst those in the letter written to um, President Joe Biden to secure the situation in Gaza. I'm I'm assuming anyone listening right now knows about the, the, the gist of what is happening and so because, you know, we're all on the internet and if you, if your internet has not been filled with news about what's happening, I worry about you, I worry about what your news coverage is and I kind of worry about what you've decided to tune into and what you've decided to tune out but that's that's a discussion for another day. So, I am... I am assuming that I don't have to fill anyone in on what this specific story is about Um, but I will give a little context there is a letter there is a letter that was written um, and signed by many of a public figure and celebrity in America specifically I have to say American celebrities and they're essentially calling for joe biden to god knows do what but ensure that the hostages involved are are make it back home and that america does its best to support (laughs) support israel where they can i'm saying support and laughing because we we know what they mean we know what they mean by support they don't mean sending emotional um support dogs to people no we we know what they exactly mean as and it's been costing america into the billions of dollars to in inverted commerce support them my issue with a lot of people don't understand why we're bothered my issue with this letter is that there is a similar letter but a much better one with also it's with also lots of public figures and artists, American artists, um, actors and such, where they write instead asking Joe Biden to push for a ceasefire, which is what much of the civilized and, you know, not bloodthirsty international community has been asking for every single the UN members, um, countries, that have been for peace in the region everyone's been asking the minimum requirement a ceasefire calling for a ceasefire and that makes sense because you know that's the reasonable solution and a ceasefire would get everybody everything that they want like hostages safe no more bomb dropping you you so you think that's what people would want to happen and it's just wild to me that anyone would ignore a good diplomatic response like that and instead opt to sign anything with gal gadot aka zionist princess sign anything with her name near it that should be the bright red flag to to not be in the same category as her but apparently not and so a lot of people a lot of fans of of peel were rightfully upset about that and then a few days later maybe a week it feels like it was a long space of time a few days later peel's name showed up on they had added more people to the ceasefire um letter that they had had sent out and peel's name appeared in that letter now now (laughs) apparently some celebs who had originally signed the first ceasefire letter they thought okay that's where they put their name behind only to find out that their names were appearing in this alternate letter that was not calling for a ceasefire and they didn't understand why because that's not what they had said and people the only the only celebrity that has actually pointed this out though is Emma Seligman, the director behind Bottoms. They had to clear up this whole thing on their Instagram story and they even posted receipts that show that they had signed the ceasefire letter. So there is now this this talk of okay, who is managing this like who who is Because this is a big error. If it's an actual, like just admin error, it's a big error to make, and it's quite tarnishing to the people that genuinely did not want to to be associated with that alternative letter that went out to Biden. So now there is this chance that Peel was one of the people that suffered from that deliberate error of of assigning his name to something he hadn't signed but there's also the chance that what he has done is he's just backtracked after realizing that there was a lot of backlash attached to the first letter because it's not only him i think also um bradley cooper also just recently showed up on the ceasefire one even though he was on the first one as well i don't know it, but it's very mm-hmm. it's very snacks because now you, you you can't be sure if especially because I didn't see anything of him or like even his management or anybody trying to clear up the mistake the way Seligman had worked to clear up the mistake. So you we won't be sure if this was a genuine oopsie or if he really was like, oof, this is this is getting me in trouble. Let me just back that up. So I don't know where to place my anger right now. <laughs> I i don't know where to place my anger right now but i don't want to completely uh, like absolve him if if in fact this wasn't something that was a mistake more than a response to i don't want to be cancelled because guys i mean mm, there are a lot of black celebrities that aren't speaking on this right now because anyone that seems to be even a little bit pro-Palestinian. People aren't even saying the most radical thing. The, they're saying the most liberal, most safest opinion, which is simply, hey, can we like not bomb, carpet bomb a whole country of people just to try and find one group of terrorists? That, which seems like a very neutral, very safe statement, is getting people called a big s-word that i don't even think we deserve at all but yeah i guess a lot of black people a lot of black celebrities are avoiding the topic because especially in the past like think of um, times with the whole jamie Foxx thing where jennifer aniston um was calling him the big s-word of a metaphor a bi- biblical metaphor that people use all the time it's very easy to get that that label put on you and then now things in your life your career dry up and they get messed up they get put on pause stuff like that from that point of view i'm slightly understanding the black artists that have chosen to say absolutely nothing however given the magnitude of the issue given the numbers that we are seeing given the imagery of seeing of what is happening to palestinians right now i just don't think it's worth it if your career stems stems from (laughs) if your career depends on you appeasing people that don't see any issue with innocent civilians getting carpet bombed for days on end for the past decades actually then i don't think that's a career that you should be striving for like, go back to local home theater performing in, in on stages if that's the case. Like, getting a, a box office busting movie lead role is not worth it if you have to pretend like you do not care about basic war crimes being committed against an innocent group of people. So that's me. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not laughing it's not funny that's me on the matter um i hope people do right i hope public figures do right because it's not about y'all like fuck celebrities at the end of the day you guys are just the people in front of our television screens from time to time palestinians oh especially their lives are way more important than me being a fan of someone that did a show a couple of years ago but the influence the 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 propaganda it's too much of a risk to just have you be the face of something that is ultimately criminal so i hope you change i hope a bunch of you change check your hearts or you know check your wallets (laughs) but yeah there's not much i'm going to do about it i just want you to know that um I, i kind of hate you like i'll i'll live a good long life never having to hear or watch anything with amy schumer or jamie lee curtis in it ever again but the damage you have done it it will live past my hatred for you and for that i hope you change or you know just deactivate i don't know i would like to say that that is where the lecturing stops but unfortunately there's also Controversy surrounding this film on its own We have in our cast we have our leading lady Lupita Nyong'o as both Adelaide Wilson and Red Because the, you know the, the, each each actor is playing like this other version of themselves Which you, when you watch it when you get into the story you'll understand why we know Ms. Nyongo from lots of things. She's an Oscar-winning actress. She is known for being in 12 Years a Slave, The 355, Black Panther, and you know many other projects. Famous woman. She's Lupita. Now, oh, that was a yell. I'm so sorry. Now, when this movie came out in 2019, she faced a lot of backlash from how she had chosen to portray Red because i am a super coward i had not seen the film at that time um i had a chance to watch it in 2020 and i just like quit in the first 20 minutes because again it was getting too much for me but i finally did watch excuse me the whole thing in order to do this episode but before then i had no idea what you guys were talking about um i didn't want to read anything about i don't like to read anything about movies that i haven't watched yet because in as much as someone can give a review that is spoiler free i want to understand everything that you're talking about so i try to ignore um reviews tweets up until the time that i see for myself and then i did see for myself and (laughs) yeah yeah it got it it got very weird very quickly and then because i did i i knew my problem with it personally but i don't know what the backlash was about and so i read on i read up about it on an article and it got worse got so much worse lupita wasn't just hypothetically being ableist with her performance she was directly referencing someone with uh, um, a condition called spasmodic dysphonia which can lead to the interruptions of speech and can also affect how a person's voice sounds. Um, Apparently this is a condition that Robert F. Kennedy had because in the article she even says that she was referencing she was directly inspired by him. I don't I don't think I have to tell anybody this, but for the sake of getting the message across, to mimic that, to, to mimic that 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 condition, to portray the antagonist of your story, is exactly the kind of shit that the disabled community have been trying to fight against for ages now since since the dawn of cinema using someone's disability how they move about life how they speak how they how they act at least from an external point of view using that as a person that doesn't have said ability to to demonize your villain demonize any character in your story actually i'm it's evil (laughs) it's evil and more importantly more more yeah more importantly it's ableism it's the definition really i don't think i have to explain this i don't think i have to like get into the, the 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 core of this just saying it out loud actually should have been the thing that made her stop she did apologize publicly i guess and she she said that she understood why what she did was wrong and she said she um apologized apologized to anyone that she may have offended by doing this and it is not my place to forgive her or it or even to say that that was a good enough effort from her that's not for me to decide but i do think that this is a problem this this act this thing is a problem and i can't believe that we can still have this issue even though it's the like we're in the 2010s now we're slipping into the 2020s we should be better by now i really i really believe that we should be better by now i I lightly touched on this when i covered um louise and will from me before you because that is again another ableist story although it has its own different issues it's all that same it's all that same ableism in 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 movies and tv shows that people people are just not trying to understand why this is a bad idea and i'm kind of getting tired of it i can only imagine how people with disabilities feel about it so yeah, I just I think we should be better by now. This shouldn't even be a thing, but it happened, and I, ugh, ugh. Alongside Lupita, we have Winston Duke as Gabe Wilson, and also Abraham. I have nothing bad to say about. Winston. I have nothing bad to say about Winston Duke. Um, we love him. We know him from Black Panther nine days spencer confidential and many 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 more things love him to bits i i admire the casting director that saw him understood what he could do at least dramatically and was like you know what you could be you would be a great cinematic dad and they were absolutely right they they have done a great thing they have done the internet a great service just wonderful wonderful work and i love him deeply i have thoughts about gabe but winston keep doing what you're doing keep doing what you're doing i'm rebel Ugh, what was that let <laughs> I me mean, drink my coffee child i don't know what's happening to speech honorable mentions I have two pairs of honorable mentions. A little bit. First, we have to acknowledge Shahadi Wright and Evan Alex, who play the Wilson children, Zora and Jason, in this. And also, there there are others. There are other copies. Not in history, children. They are very instrumental in the horror genre because I don't know why can't explain it but things get like three times scarier when children are involved in the horror something something about them l- small little children they make they make things they take it up a notch like i will never forget the little baby girl from sinister because she she scared me she scared me deep i i children have just got this thing about them i think it's because we view them innocently and then they play these roles and you're just like oh oh no (laughs) terrifying and yeah these kids were really good both as the wilsons and their others they were very very good at bringing that scare factor i will comment that um zora's double they, I don't know if it's the slick back hair or like the, there's an expression she just has on her face throughout the entire movie. Serving. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. Yes, niece. Serve. But also, terrify. Loved her for that. Oh, speaking of terrifying children, we must. It'll be a, an absolute crime to not mention Madison Curry, who portrays young Adelaide and also the young version of Red. Um, she shows up in the very beginning and also throughout the movie in like flashbacks and stuff like that She was so good She was so good as both versions of this character She was terrifying Terrifying Give the girl some more work Love her to bits And then my other pair of honorable mentions We have Anna Diop and Yaya Abdul-Mantin the second Their roles in this were very short as Adelaide's parents, but they were very good, obviously a treat. I, however, would like them to come back together again, but in a rom-com this time, I just, I believe, I believe that there is something in there. Maybe it's because they're both very ridiculously hot people, but I believe. That they could get give us something good also yaya is very funny i know that from his past work he can be very funny and it feels like he hasn't done anything purely funny in a long time anna is also amazing i i love her and Titans. bring it together somebody write the script i don't know i just i need them in a rom-com together immediately on to the plot now this part is very tricky because how do i begin to describe the story spoiler free it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot that you discover as you watch so i don't know but i tried i'll just i just rephrase a blurb that i i saw on their imdb (coughs) hold on Mm. The Wilson family plan to have a fun family weekend. But things take a dark turn for the worst when scary figures disturb their plans. And that is it. That's literally all I can say without giving a single thing away. Um I thought that I understood where this story was gonna go based on the the trailer even halfway through watching it i thought i understood where this view was going literally it is not until the very end that you understand what the story is so if you have not seen it yet i recommend it kind of it's it's visually stunning it's it's a nice psychological thriller in the sense that we don't have lots of horror movies where your enemy is literally yourself so I think that's a nice thing to 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 watch as well both from a viewing perspective and also like a a cinematic perspective. Did I just say the same thing twice? Everybody should watch it if you can. Um South African users I know users, listeners, I know it's on our show max right now because that's how I ended up watching it. If you can, if you are above the ages of 18, knock yourself out. It is terrifying. For the purposes of this episode, as we all know, I have to look at the entire story. I have to um, acknowledge the whole thing. So this is going to be, from here on out, spoilers ahead. Just letting you know now that if you haven't seen it, this will ruin it for you this is not a typical starring cupid episode where um our couple is something to aspire to or even anything to really like about them if you think about it a bit too long but i did want to use them to to talk about something that can occur in you know your natural normal situation relationships not always just in the face of, you know, murderers chasing you kind of situation. I think that's that's my thing with this podcast is there's a lesson in everybody, good or bad, realistic or not. There's a lesson in everybody. And here yeah, I think there's a lot that they say about our fears, about our hidden parts about our secret desires to be presented only as our best selves especially to the people person that we love and I'm not gonna pretend like I got that immediately <laughs> I I watched it and then I had to go sit by myself for a bit I had to think about what the he- what the hell did I just view what the hell can I get from this and it it sometimes feels like I'm making castles in the sky just finding my own conclusions with this but i do think that these are the things we can take away again you can interpret um any piece of media however however you wish to so join me on this very confusing journey where we battle our inner demons with adelaide and gabe (laughs) now i am not by any means a horror expert i would have to at least watch more than the five horror films i've seen in the past two years to even start calling myself a fan forget expert but i know a few things about it i people that experience fear know what scares them i think you can at least explain to others what makes things scary and i think for me horror as a as a genre as a, as a as an adjective used to describe something horror is something that strikes fear into your heart this can either be created with visuals it can be created with tension it can be created with stakes like but there is a serious fear that it strikes into your heart with the things that are happening around you. That's what makes something a horrific film or horrific show. Now on the other end of that we have thrillers or things that you can describe as creepy. I think that thrillers are there to just make you uncomfortable or live in the suspense of what is going to happen i thrillers they remind me of having a sneeze that just will not leave your body like it's just hanging there somewhere in your nasal passages and when it will hit you you have no idea but you're just sitting there at the mercy of this thing waiting for it to happen maybe it will hit and it'll like shake it'll those sneezes that will shake your body make people turn around and look at you maybe it's those tiny little sneezes that are insignificant and no one will hear you not knowing that though that's the that's the thrill that's the the suspense of it oh but even though these are two separate ideas two separate feelings that people can can have i think that sometimes an abundance of that that thriller or that creepy factor can build up to the point where you get straight up pure horror and that's what i think most of peel's horror movies are yes definitely there are parts of it that are terrifying i will not i will not deny that but a lot of it i think is also just this build up of thrill upon thrill creepiness upon creepiness just reaching this point where you can no longer take it anymore you have to shield your eyes you have to you have to turn off the TV you have to pause if you're unequal you have to skip ahead those things that just make you super uncomfortable and I think that's a nice place to start if you're if you're talking about a couple especially a married couple because i'm not saying that Addie and gabe were unhappy at the beginning of this if anything i think where we meet them is them on like an average day on an okay day an okay weekend they are your average american family going through average things and that's most marriages, most real and fictional, most real mar- marriages are just quite standard. But there was obviously something bubbling underneath, especially with Addie. In most pure horror movies, there is a, there's a lot going on with our main characters that we won't know about. We won't really hear about until we get to our inciting incident somewhere somewhere through the, the story. I know for Chris in Get Out it was his thing with abandonment and um grief and trauma in his in his young childhood life. Um with OJ and his sister Eve, I think that was her name. In, in nope they have that thing they lost their father quite young they've they've had to now deal with this business that maybe they weren't so passionate about to begin with but things like that we won't know about those things until your inciting incident comes into play so even though on the surface addy and gabe are okay there's that stuff and i think this entire movie does not dig too deeply into what their relationship is like because that's not what the story is about yes it contributes to the story yes it it lends it lends some light to what eventually happens but we're not here because of them and all we get really is their parenting style which is quite lax but stern we see that Addie is quite protective about her children And you learn that that's because of how this this tragic event affected her when she was a child. Even though her parents were around, they weren't around at that final moment when that thing happens to her. So you get that sense of who they are as parents. The most we get about them as people is Gabe is a lot more extroverted than Addy is. He doesn't seem to have any of the pain or traumas that she has suffered. So he can move about the world as he pleases. Like he's okay. He's chilled. He's fine. And that's on the outside. That seems like a good fit. Somebody that is closed off or not as, a little bit more introverted like Addy being with somebody like Gabe. But I think his his behavior, how he how extroverted he is. Kind of leads to him not noticing the problems with his wife. Like the point right before the inciting incident, the point where um, Addy is anxious, and they are about to meet their others. Addie's is anxious, and Gabe's mind is not even there. I think he was trying to incite a night together, but you know. <sighs> doesn't end up happening but like that's that's basically where he was at even when they were being confronted by their others i just remember gabe really being focused on what abraham looks like and how he acts kind of asking himself is that me like is that supposed to be me and that's what these others at least to me at the beginning that's what they kind of represent they kind of represent these personal struggles these inner demons these things that we have hidden away from the people that know us and love us because they're not our prettiest picture they are not our best selves and so if you're someone like Gabe who has this image of himself this happy go lucky dad he's funny he's cool um if need be he can pull out the tough guy thing but we know it's an act from the way that he reacts when he first sees the other Wilsons at the in the driveway. If you are then presented with a version of yourself that you are trying to hide away, even though they didn't know about the existence of these these other souls tethered to them, when you're confronted with that in its physical form, it can be jarring, it can be terrifying, it can be upsetting and also you're worried about oh no people can see you too people are have this access to this version of myself that i was trying to keep to myself and that's just gabe that's how gabe is dealing with this adelaide is on that same front but hers is worse because what you find out at the very end of this movie is that she knew that was i think there's lots of mind fucks in movies like this but i think the biggest mind fuck for this one was that Addie knew the entire time nothing about what happened or nothing about the existence of these people shocked her because she knew the entire time that somewhere out there she had trapped this little girl in this in this life and i'll get into the morality of it later because i know that's important right now but for her it's it's what Gabe is experiencing but bigger because this was something she was literally trying to suppress trying to hide trying to keep keep a big secret because she did not like the 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 conditions of it she didn't like what it looked like in especially because she basically ran she'd run away from this version of herself and she didn't she didn't like it being now out there in the open for everybody to see and witness and even though they didn't know that this is what she had done now they know now they know that this is how she can be and that in its own is terrifying to experience on your own i think it's more terrifying when the people around you the people you love your children your husband they are now seeing this as it is as well like she's probably very terrified that they'd see it and they'd be like oh no mommy's actually like this and as people i think we do that a lot we try to present the our best version our best selves to everybody but you know everybody got it everybody has a a, a side a part that is not that pretty that is not that lovely that is not that altogether good and there is that temptation to take it and lock it up tight and put it away forever but that's not the case as Addie did she she thought that if i leave this place if i leave her here that that'll be good enough leaving it aside putting it away that should surely be good enough but we can also see that Addie was not living Yes, it was the fact that she was adjusting to this new world. But I think she always had a feeling that it's going to come out sooner or later. She just didn't know how it was going to happen. And she didn't know how it would affect her, her current family now. And that is terrifying. I think Peel horror movies make us scared, at least on the surface. They make us scared of things that we didn't think could be a thing that we're scared of like that (laughs) if that makes sense like think of the past movies we we were um exposed to being scared of white people in where when which if you're a person that can be a victim of racism that's not really a far-fetched thing there's a version of scared of white people that you are you already innately have but now he's topped that fear with something more sinister a little bit more darker like i at the beginning of get out i thought they were simply kidnapping black people i didn't even know like i didn't even know what could get worse than that for the fact that they were simply kidnapping black people i was like oh this is this is terrifying enough so what happens later (sighs) terrifying it's it's wild how you can make something that is seemingly normal terrifying cloud watching cloud watching has become horrifying to me like i know well that's a problem I, i don't think i know but i know that looking up into the sky has no consequences like if i look at a cumulonimbus cloud right now i don't think anything will happen to me but now i look at it and i look a bit too hard and you like, I, I have to avert my eyes i'm like i just know and how i don't like that how have how do you have me a grown woman scared of a cumulonimbus cloud this is no way to live But that's that's the art of it That It's the art of taking something As natural as yourself as a person And turning it into something That maybe you should fear Maybe you should risk Because I think fear comes with a bit of respect Like you're not afraid of something Because oh it doesn't matter You don't think it's a big deal you're afraid of something because you kind of respect what it can do to you you respect not you respect it enough not to mess with it and a lot of us are afraid of our hidden parts our hidden selves because you know you respect that this this thing this part of you it can mess up a lot of things for you it can mess up relationships it can mess up um, friendships it can mess up. I could mess up your life for you. So you respect it enough to, to just hide it away. Just pack it up. Put it aside. But I think that's a bit selfish. <laughs> After all I've said. I think it's a bit selfish. Because we say it all the time on here. Being known is the way to be loved. And unfortunately, being known means you are known holistically like someone must know you as you are as you could be as the worst version of yourself as the best version as the mid tuesday afternoon version holistically being known is the only way because now if you're not holistically being known if you're not always Yourself, they, You create a distance between the people that love you and yourself. And here yeah, it's not just a case of their marriage is at stake. I think also because there is a big um, family theme to it. There is also the relationship she has with her daughter and her son at stake. Because it, it has that distance between them. We know now the lengths that that Addie will go to to protect. Even Gabe, I, I'm leaving him out. I'm so sorry, but he he as for someone that had no idea what was going on, for somebody that maybe wasn't up to to murdering anybody that day, he really stood up for his family. He was willing to go that extra mile to protect them. I don't think he ends up killing anybody because I I don't think that his personal standing can really reach the point where he's fine with doing this to anybody even if it's somebody that was trying to kill him in the first place i think that's why it's so easy for his children to just do it because they understand that this is a kill or be killed situation they're not hurting they don't see they don't view these others as people they're not hurting somebody they're just protecting themselves and so now this just becomes a question of how far are you willing to go to protect the people that you love in a quiet place which is also a kind of not a kind of it's a horror movie which is its own horror movie that same question is posed because um john krasinski who directed it he wanted it to be a a love letter like a, a visual love letter to his children to like illustrate this is how far i would go To ensure that you were alright, to ensure that you were safe And yeah, it is that same thing But at some point it feels like Instead of Addie doing this for her children She is doing this to save this image Save this, this persona she has created To her family of who what kind of person she is because if they were to find out like I said if you have this fear that if people were to find out about who you are who you are holistically you fear that those darker parts could mess everything up for you I saw it in the very final scene when they're driving out of the city Um, her son Jason is in the passenger seat as Addie drives the ambulance and he has that oh guys it was so sad remember that little child in behind her eyes i think after after his mother gets married to the white man and he's sitting in the back seat and he and she looks back at him and you can tell from his face that he can feel that this is no longer his mother jason wilson has that same moment where he kind of looks across to addy and he's like you're 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 not her (laughs) you're not her it's not something that he says out loud but it's something he can feel and that's what i think we have sometimes when we're not when we've created this distance between between who we are and the people that love us they can feel it they can see it that you are not you are not the person that i thought you were and in addie's case this might be the thing that messes everything up for her but I think in a normal situation, we should set aside that fear of this knowledge ruining everything for us and take it as a kind of freedom. because I think, in as much as, you know, she's evil, <laughs> Addie is evil. in as much as her her doing that, her her son realizing that is might be the start of the worst, I think the version of Addie we have, at the end of this film is much better than the version we meet when the family is driving to the beach house because that fear that she had that worry that this worst version of herself was going to come and ruin everything for her that version is dead That version can no longer reach her and her family so at that point i think we get an addy that is now maybe at that same level as gabe she is now outwardly free she is a little extroverted she is able to relax in a sense excuse me and again it's unfortunate that it had to happen for this lady this specific version of her but that's that's kind of the lesson i take away from this even Gabe changes a lot even though he wasn't he wasn't in the space where he had to change a lot, but everyone is immensely changed by this. I mean, it's a hollow victory. Yes, they faced their antagonists head on, they faced their problems head on, and they're different people because of this. But it always feels like a hollow victory because I don't think the trauma you acquire is gonna leave you anytime soon. Bless her heart, Zora fought very hard to protect her family and it may it may have felt satisfying to kill the people that are trying to harm her family but that's that's murder murder lives in your mind for the rest of your life things like that things like that kind of hall of victory make this as a story not that not that fantastic not that jump for joy but i think that takeaway is better that takeaway of squaring up with your your demon your inner demons your shadowy bits the parts that you have been trying to conceal squaring up and not you don't have to kill your inner demons but i think making peace with them is is halfway there making peace with them understanding that Just because you let them out, it doesn't always mean that the people, the relationships you've made along the way, doesn't always mean that they're going to now evaporate into nothing. You just have to take the little bad with the little good, you know, meet in the middle, dance all night. (laughs) I hope this is making sense and that I'm not just like talking in circles. Yeah, face, face your things head on. Let people in. Like, and dislikes time. And... Well, likes. <laughs> there's. I don't think there's a setup. Um, I don't have a lot of dislikes, but it's not because everything was perfect. I think it's because I, you're gonna see it when you're gonna hear it when I when I say what my dislikes are I think it's very difficult to articulate why I didn't like certain things. So Yeah likes <laughs> I Enjoy how This I think this applies to um, all three movies I Enjoy how the there's a balance of fear and humor because that balance is the thing that becomes very disarming or distracting for me like as a person that finds it very difficult to watch um, horror based anything because it's too much for me those moments where a good joke comes out can really just you know dis- distract somebody distract somebody for a few moments long enough to to get through whatever is happening or whatever is to happen and I think these movies usually have a lot of those those cooling moments mostly because as we know Jordan Peele comes from a he was a a comedic writer and performer all up until he made Get Out because a lot of people were shocked that somebody in sketch comedy could could make something so genuinely terrifying for people but even in that genuine terror and such i did still we still get those moments where things are quite funny um for us most of the comedic elements came from um winston Duke. he's quite a he, but he was playing like the funny dad so of course a lot of things when not happen come from that but there's also like just genuine things that are hilarious But happening at a time when something not hilarious is happening. I think Twitter talks about it all the time. The scene where the doubles for that that white family that they're friends with. The doubles attack them in their home. And um, goodness gracious, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, she plays the the mom. She is like crawling away, trying to reach for help, call for help. And she... (laughs) I'm laughing already. She calls out to their little home home computer thing, their home Alexa. I can't even remember what they call it. Um, they, she calls out to their home Alexa to, like, call the police. And it misinterprets her command. And it starts playing, um, fuck the police by NWA. I, I hate how funny that was. I hate how funny. Also, from the clips on Twitter, I thought that it played... Just like the chorus and then it stopped The fact that it keeps playing As the Wilsons also Like take their shot at these Others Made it funnier So yeah moments like that in the face of Pure terror really great I think that I enjoy One of my likes is I enjoy How The fear factor of it Is set up because in a lot Of horror movies what we get is A lot of Jump scares, a lot of, look who's behind this door. A lot of, oh, look who's behind this door. Oh, it's nobody, but close the door. Oh, shit, they're here now. Like, that isn't that fun for me, especially because I'm a coward, but also just, it's not, it's not fun, guys. I don't think jump scares are fun. But what they do instead is kind of build up to the scares, build up to the fear. Like, I know for... The, the other Wilsons we'd always see them before anything happened. I think um that part where Zora is in the driveway and she's about to chase them, we see her. It's not a jump scare that we see her because they had turned the car into the driveway and she just happened to be there. It's not a jump scare in that sense, but what she does when she climbs on the car, things like that, that it leads up to that point. And so, yes, I appreciate that as a person that that could easily be terrified. Mm-hmm. On a horror note, I do enjoy the creative and a little bit metal ways that they decided to, to kill these people. Um, we know the whole final girl stick where the final um, lead character that survives usually final girl because I know horror has this this I want to call it a feminist element but I think they do it because women are seen as like weak and frail so for the lost person to survive to be a woman is like this whole metaphorical thing but it I'll call it accidental feminism because now it's, it's a status symbol it's seen as a as a good thing So yes, the final girl montages, the way that they they executed their antagonist, that was cool. Yeah, I'm adding a fourth like that has more to do with horror as a genre and like the trilogy of these movies. I really like that how, how we've come a long way from black people in the cast of horror movies always dying first. Or literally just existing in the cost to be that sacrificial lamb a little bit later in down the line because guys they really they really were just putting putting us there to be on the chopping block immediately I think there's even a daily show segment that not segment but a daily show clip that was headed by Roy Roy Wood jr. where he was celebrating how LL Cool J at the time was the only black actor to survive throughout an entire horror movie like they did not kill him once i think in multiple like horrors and things they never killed him i remember he even made the point that there's this one movie where he simply disappears but we can count that because no one kills him so even though he disappeared he could still be alive so i think yeah we've come a long way from things like that um to now we're not only celebrate when black people make it to the end of the horror movie we have we now have lots of movies under the genre led by black actors or any other um actor of color who and it's not they're not there it's just a piece of the story they're not there it's just like the person that was cast for the role there's an intentional reason behind them being in it and it's horror horror is now allowing people to allowing creators writers directors to attach cultural significance or elements of their upbringing into a horror story we have movies like uma we have it lives inside we have the nanny well not the nanny that that's a very different thing it's called nanny and it was released last year we have things like that where you can you cannot separate the people of colour leading these stories from the story itself. And it's wonderful because for a long time we were told to just be to just accept the the very white centric stories we were told because um people white white people claimed that they couldn't find themselves relating to a character that didn't have things that they could identify with and which when they say identify with, they were always saying code, they're not white. And so now it's nice that we no longer have to just try and find that relatability. We can have stories of our own. We can have stories from just across the globe that we can find ourselves in this and have like cultural Cultural factors or indicators that we can relate to our own lives. I think that's lovely. I think that's that's growth. On to dislikes. I this is a petty thing, a little bit, but I think it's also because okay, my dislike is in a lot of Peels movies, the the core story or like the co- the actual what's actually going on we'll never know until the very end but throughout the movie there will be all these these little hints and these little easter eggs about what will follow and as they're happening they're quite obvious they're quite easy to spot but because we don't know what is to come we don't know their significance to the story they mean, they mean nothing to us and then in hindsight, you're like, oh, when he showed us this thing, it actually meant this thing. When this happened, this happened. did it, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. It's, it's, it's a lot of storytelling is that in actual fact. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is that it's getting a bit annoying. It's getting a bit annoying. Especially, I think, I don't know if I should blame this on how it is written or the pacing of it. With us the little hints the little flashbacks the little yes they made us understand the person that we thought Adelaide was but when they all come together at the very end I was just kind of like "Mm." (laughs) I don't know but it's funny because I feel I feel like this is a petty thing because writing like books and stuff like that they do this all the time where a thing that happened five seven chapters ago will make will now make sense to you near the end and it's cool it's fine i don't know in the visual medium i just think especially if you're using flashback I th- okay here we go i think my issue is the flashbacks the issue with flashbacks and montages they just they do a lot of talking that talking isn't doing Or showing isn't doing. And then when it becomes a thing that makes sense in hindsight. It's kind of like a, oh yes, remember that thing you saw? Well, actually, subvert your thinking. I don't know. It's a very petty thing, I know. I just, jump, time jumps, things like that. They're always going to screw with my mind. If they're not happening in a linear understanding of time jumps. Does that make sense? I don't know. I hope you guys hear me though. Because it's just... It's part of... I think I gave this four stars on Letterboxd. Half of the star that is missing is because of this. We've reached the end of the show. I wish I had an organ. But again i couldn't even play it so i don't know what that request was anyway (laughs) thank you lovers for making it all the way to this i i i hope i've made sense i i'm i'm thinking back to all that i've said i'm like "Does, does this make sense i'll always worry if something made sense especially when it's a story this 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 complicated or this not absolutely clear at first kind of thing so i just i hope you heard me even if you've heard half of what i've said that'll be good enough for me um the message will still be out and that's fine and now we come to possibly the best part of the show it is time for the who's your fave um obviously spooky theme spooky oh actually it's more like um bad spooky thing because these are not couples that anyone should want to be like if anything they also it's kind of following the theme of this spooky special where it's like at first look they're probably okay but when you watch the movie for a bit longer that i don't know how to condense that into a word so i'm just going to say bad spooky edition in this corner, we have Rose and Chris from Get Out versus the classic duo that is Linda and Ash from Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead. Um, I have not seen the latest one. I've actually not even seen the original one because again, Nightmare Fuel but i do like them and i do think that they're a big part of the horror communities like um mount rushmore of movies so yeah guys personally do not have a favorite i don't even have like a favorite toxic pair yes this is a toxic edition sorry yes <laughs> i don't have a, a person to choose i i i give this poll to you lovers i gave you these options i give you the rights the power to vote for your actual favorites please do um lend us your voice we will have the poll on our twitter at starring cupid it will also be momentarily available on our instagram at zamati shares and i i I tried to put polls up on tumblr but no one interacts with them because i think our tumblr is still very like people find an episode weeks after it's been out of which again i do not mind but i'm thinking are polls worth it are polls worth putting up on tumblr if if you guys don't see them before the time runs out please let me know if you're a tumblr user and you do genuinely want me to to keep the polls up please let me know but yes we're on tumblr at starring cupid podcast um if twitter goes down i might have to join another app for you guys i feel so overwhelmed with promotion but for y'all for you the lovers i will do all that it takes even if my socially anxious body cannot do it Um, thank you so much for tuning in I know that it was a lot. It was, especially in the beginning, it was a lot to get through. It was a lot to talk about. But I am a person that I care about a lot of things deeply and obsessively, and I'll, I'll one of those things is social injustice. I think social injustices shouldn't happen. I think social injustices are. A thing that is rotting the core our, our world to the core. So if there's something to discuss, if there's something to to look at, I really do want to lend my voice to it, even if it's a small voice. I do want to lend my voice to it. Um, if you guys see me not retweeting a lot of um, a lot of things about Palestine onto the uh, Star Star and Cupid account it's not because i don't care it's not because i'm afraid of ruining quote-unquote my aesthetic which is something i've heard creators other digital or content creators say and i want to tell you that is ridiculous (laughs) that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard who are you you're a person just what's a retweet gonna do okay sorry that's a different thing if you see me not doing that it's not because i don't care it's not because i care for whatever aesthetic I, I i've apparently created it's because i don't think especially the twitter account i don't think it has a big reach yes we have lots of followers statistically but just based off how much interaction i get on posts, i don't think my tweets are reach, reaching a lot of people um so that's the reason why I have another account, a personal account, where I've been sharing all of my support, all of the awareness, all of the news coverage from trusted news outlets since we cannot trust the West anymore. Um, I'm using my Instagram. Um, I don't think anyone that knows me doesn't know where I stand on the matter. But just in case they don't, that's why I've changed the Twitter. Um, Um, picture to to what it is now because again I never want my lack of speaking or something to be assumed to to be something else it is never that we are pro-palestine on this podcast Um, I hope that that doesn't mean that this gets taken down but if it does I mean I don't care because I know what I'm saying and I know what I'm not saying so yeah <laughs> Thank you guys for listening Thank you for supporting um, I hope everything Can be resolved I hope people can get The aid that they deserve I hope a ceasefire Is not only suggested But demanded From all corners of the earth And I hope you guys Are okay Wherever you may be Have a splendid Halloween if you're still gonna have one have a splendid November because we're heading into November now. Oh My gosh, South Africans happy pride month. Happy pride month to all the queer South Africans Um, know that Even though outside it is not that favorable for us It is not that good for us outside of the laws that protect us know that you will always have a community you will always have people that see you like i see you um please please never dilute yourselves to try and appease people that cannot see past their own disgusting biases happy happy pride month south africans happy pride to everyone all around the world um from the river to the sea palestine will be free. Goodbye, lovers.